We've seen a lot of good come from the movement control order in Malaysia. In spite of all the restrictions, we've seen God bring humanity closer, families spending more time together, and kind hearts giving to the less fortunate. We have many things to thank God for, especially for all the frontliners, from doctors to nurses to admin staff and the cleaners. As the number of infections and deaths gradually drop, restrictions begin to loosen, we place our hope and trust in His mercy. As we present this song, Betapa Hatiku, from the Catholics at Home Virtual Choir. Betapa Hatiku Berterima kasih Tuhan Kau mengasihiku Kau memilikiku
Hello and a very good morning to you. I hope you were singing along to that song. You know, you can never get tired of that song. It's a wonderful song and of course, uh, contributed by a lot of our Catholics uh, right here in Malaysia. So fantastic. I hope you are singing along to that one. Once again, a very good morning. This is our Catholics at Home live show uh, every Saturday at 10.30 a.m. Uh, thank you so much for those of you who were joining us uh, from the start, very early on, we saw the names coming through. Eric, Diana, Sylvia, uh, thank you for logging on very early. But uh, for those, we still have more Catholics uh, joining us and other parishioners uh, all over joining us on this live show. So we'll let them get in for now. And you can also help to help us to promote this show by just clicking the share button. You want to start a watch party. If you're watching this on YouTube, yeah, just share the link to your friends, WhatsApp them and all that. We've got a lot of time. We've got a lot of time and whole hour to talk about what we're going to talk about today. So please do help us promote this show and start sharing to all your family and friends. Yeah, especially those uh, Catholics, because this is going to be something that they'll be very interested to listen into this show today. My name is Kachang Kevin, and this show is brought to you in collaboration with the Catholic Research Center in Kuala Lumpur. And today on the show, it's going to be a very interesting talk topic. We're going to talk about uh, attending Mass in the new normal, how we can welcome you back to your parishes. Uh, so there's a lot of SOPs and stuff like that. And we've got just the perfect guest to talk about it. But first, let me introduce my well, co-host, Father Clarence Devadas. Father, good morning. Hi, Kevin. Good morning to you. Good morning, Father. Um, we missed you last week, Kevin. <laughs> well, just taking a break, you know, everybody seems to be uh, starting to travel uh, since the interstate uh, thing has uh, been open to us. So, uh, especially for my wife, she during the MCO, it was her most uh, critical period because she, she's in the media. So, we thought uh, it's a good time just to take a couple of days break and just rejuvenate ourselves. Great. Have you gone on a break, Father? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Uh, hopefully after all this now that we are all talking about uh, reopening our churches, uh, stress levels are going higher, I guess, <laughs> for all the priests. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of things to do, I suppose, uh, to get the, the church ready. That's right. Uh, do a lot of dusting. <laughs> Is there a lot of dusting to do? <laughs> well, at least not, I'm not doing it, but yeah, there's a lot of dusting to do, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah, so we just want to say thank you to all those uh, working in the church and volunteering and helping the church. Uh, I'm sure some of you have already been called by a parish priest to, you know, just help to get things ready. Uh, maybe some light is not working or something like that. You know, I know this thing goes on. So uh, I'd like to thank all those uh, volunteering and helping out in uh, whichever parish you're from. Uh, well, Father, just before we carry on with the conversation, because... Uh, Returning back to our parishes, the SOPs and stuff, is quite a broad topic and many people have uh, different questions because, you know, they have uh, different situations and circumstances. So we just want to let our viewers know that uh, just for this show, at least just for this show, we want to first talk about uh, coming back to church for the Holy Mass, right? That's right, Kevin. So I think, you know, there are a lot of expectations because, you know, we have been closed for now since, since the first Sunday of Lent, I remember. Uh, yeah. We have not been able to go to church. So the first step seems to be now reopening our churches and to have masses. Uh, there are many other things that, that people would like to. I mean, the, the celebration of the sacraments, which has been postponed since uh, Easter, uh, all the other things. So but we thought maybe for our show this, this morning, we just want to focus on coming back to church for mass. And, and hopefully we, we will take up these topics uh, at a later date, how we're going to celebrate 
uh, the sacraments, how we're going to do all the other things like baptisms, weddings, you know. So to all our our, our viewers out there, uh, so be patient with us. Uh, so let's let's talk about how we're going to face people in uh, back into church uh, to be able to come to to mass. Uh, so that's why this morning uh, we thought that we'll have uh, our our guest, uh, Dr. Mark Tan, uh, who is part of the Archdiocese uh, Crisis Force team, who has been the brains behind in some ways, uh, trying to help us to guide us. Uh, maybe let's let's bring him in, Mark, uh, Kevin. Let's bring yeah. him in. Yeah. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Father. Hi. Hi Morning, Mark. Dr. Mark. Hey. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. All yeah. right. I don't suppose you were celebrating any football victories yesterday? Uh, no, unfortunately no, okay. not. Um, well, we'll let the Liverpool fans um, have their once in 30 years uh, celebration, you know. Yeah, we'll probably give them a mention later on in the show, Father. <laughs> For Mark Barron's sake, our, our other uh, member of our team, yeah, we'll give him some, some air time afterwards. Yeah. yeah, well, in fact, we do have a few members, not just Mark on our Catholics at Home team who support Liverpool. So, you know, yeah, great job. Uh, well done. And uh, we probably will have a football show for you guys to talk more about that maybe later on. But first things first, uh, this is a very important uh, topic because uh, we are now allowed to go back to church uh, in stages and stuff like that. I'll let uh, the experts talk more about it. But first, Dr. Mark, maybe you can just uh, briefly explain now what do you do in, in the crisis task force? What's your role there? All right. Okay. So, um, well, I think at, at the very beginning of this COVID-19 um, situation that we had in Malaysia, the, the Archdiocese formed a crisis task force. Um, it, it started off with, um, I'm sure some of us will remember um, some cases that were found in, uh, uh, in, in Guadalupe Church. Um, but from there, we, we, we formed a crisis task force and we monitored the situation. Um, it, it comprises of um, a few uh, medical experts, uh, not only myself, but some others who are in the relevant fields, uh, as well as um, clergy. And so together we discuss and then we um, monitor the situation and we provide recommendations as to um, how we can um, proceed with things. Um, which, of course, um, need to be in line with um, the Ministry of Health um, and the National Security Council's um, directives as well. Yeah, so that's that's what we do. So this yeah. task force uh, has been uh, around uh, much before the COVID-19 pandemic or just formed because of this? Um, no, I think um, it, it, it started off earlier this year um, and, 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 and to a certain extent, we were all... Um, uh, we started off with the COVID-19 um, mm. uh, situation, I think, um, and, and we felt that, you know, um, we needed to prepare, especially because um, churches and, and religious, um, you know, worship places uh, are places where, you know, there are mass gatherings. And, and in those days, the, the, the keyword was um, no mass gatherings. So, mm. so we had to, to sort of um, look into how we could um, uh, have worship and, and and keep things in check and, and also to contribute towards, you know, um, controlling the situation in Malaysia, which thankfully has not been that bad. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, just maybe just to point out, I think, uh, Mark, in the sense that uh, this crisis team is, uh, uh, this task force is basically advising for the Archdiocese of Kuala Lumpur. So right. it may be a bit different from the other dioceses here in Malaysia. Uh, so you have been, you have been working uh, with, with the clergy and with your fellow professionals uh, advising yep. priests uh, how to go about 
Yeah, so maybe 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 you want to take us through some steps uh, this morning. Uh, actually, you know, uh, I know some some churches are slowly beginning to open up. Uh, I know we some of us have seen uh, very general uh, guidelines uh, from the archdiocese. Maybe you would like to take us through before we we talk a little bit more in details about how we're going to implement some of these things in in our local parishes. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Father. Um, so I think um, the guidelines uh, that 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 have been put out by the archdiocese. Um, are quite general, um, mainly because, um, well, the Archdiocese actually, um, you know, geographically comprises of uh, about five different states. And and so every parish as well would, would you know, have different um, uh, capabilities. Um, some parishes are bigger than others and, and some are in a more rural area. So so when, when we developed the guidelines, um, we, we wanted to keep it so that, um, you know, it would be implementable for everyone and they were what we call guidelines um, and, and that each parish would then be able to, um, you know, uh, also implement things and and also tweak it to, to fit the parish. Uh, and so um, what, what we have right now, which um, I can share with you is, is, is just the, the sort of the general SOPs of things. Um, so, so this is this is a, a slide deck that's been created by the Archdiocese communications team. Um, yeah. So, so we have um, before entering the church. So, um, we have guidelines such as you know, please please cooperate with um, the people on duty. Um, so, I think in each parish there will be people, the, especially the hospitality ministers, who will be there to help guide us uh, when we arrive. Um, you know what we need to do. Um, it, it, as we all know, you know, we talk about social distancing and how to decrease touch. So, you know, um, although we've been away for so long and it's nice to see people that we know, uh, that we used to worship with, um, we would advise, um, to avoid physical contact. And so, you know, um, bowing the head or, um, uh, putting your hands on your chest, that sort of thing. Um, so when we arrive, um, of course, um, there will be, as usual, uh, wherever we go in these days with the new norm, there's uh, temperature scanning and um, recording of your particulars. So um, for now, um, there will be two, um, two sort of times that you need to um, record your particulars. Um, one in the, the government MySjakra app or uh, if you're in Selangor, the Selangka app and so on and so forth. Um, but also one for the archdiocese, so that it's it's easier um, if anything happens that the that the parish response team will have that data at hand to contact. So so that's that's what we need to do before, um, and of course um, sanitizing your hands before entering. Um, it's also a requirement to have the face mask on um, during the mass, um, and as. And and actually, there's, there's there's going to be a there's supposed to be a waiting area for those who have come early and have have gone through these uh, steps, uh, and so when we're all allowed to go into church, um, the seats will be marked, and um, I think there will be hospitality ministers there as well to guide us to the seats. So um, we'll we need to go in in an orderly fashion. Um, again, trying to socially distance ourselves. Yeah, as we go in. And um, right, so so when when mass is over, then um, uh, I think one of the things that if you look at the point number one, um, there won't be a collection during mass. 
but there will be um, boxes prepared at the exits. So that's where we can leave our offerings. Um, we, we would encourage people to refrain from touching statues and, and holy pictures because um, as we know, the, the virus can also spread um, on uh, surfaces. Okay, especially if you if you touch it and someone else touches it and you touch your, your face and your eyes and your nose and so on. Yeah, um, there will be a, an exit um, which will be different from the entrance. All right, and, and um, everyone will be guided to, to leave in an orderly fashion. Um, and uh, we're not supposed to um, linger around um, in church and, and also immediately exit and leave. Yeah, um, for now, um, there won't be any communal meals, no coffee mornings and things like that. So, it, and, um, and also with the toilets, um, there'll be limited toilets available. Um, again, because of the need to social distance and also the capacity of the toilets also have been reduced. And we would urge um, people to use it only in the case of emergency. So um, it'd be a good idea to um, ease ourselves before coming for mass. Um, and yeah, so um, right. So with this slide, um, what, what I'd like to highlight are these are some of the restrictions that, that we have uh, put in, uh, which have been in compliance with the current requirements of the government. Um, and it's also based on a chancery notice. So if you see this slide, um, there's a little date on the top right corner, right? And this, this will be updated from time to time as we progress through the different phases. So as, uh, as of now, this is, this is what is um, put in place. And we are trying to test out the system to, to make sure that it works and to fine tune things. All right? Yeah. All right, that's great. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Mark. We'll be, of course, talking uh, in more depth about all these uh, SOPs that uh, you have presented to us. Uh, just once again, I'd like to tell our viewers that uh, if you need to get that uh, guidelines or that nice thing that prepared by the ArchKL, you can, of course, uh, check out the ArchKL social media pages. And I think we'll also put it on our Catholics at Home uh, Facebook page so you can get a copy of that of all the guidelines. Uh, talking about ArchKL, we're also uh, streaming live on uh, ArchKL. So uh, if you're joining us, watching us from there, thank you so much. We've got uh, Luke, Maria, Grace uh, tuning in, Alan Co, Nancy uh, from Raup, Suzanne T, Christina, and Angeline. Thank you so much. And there's a lot more, of course, uh, I'll be mentioning your names along if you join us and if you ask some questions. So if you'd like to ask some questions uh, to Dr. Mark or even to Father Clarence, uh, just post your questions in the comments section. Once again, I'd like to remind you that uh, we're now just focusing on going back to church for Holy Mass. Uh, if you have any questions about other things like marriages and stuff, we will get to that uh, in other programs. But just for this program, we're talking about going back to church for Mass. So if you have any questions about that, please do post them in the comment section and we'll get Dr. Mark or Father Clarence to answer them. All right, Father, shall we go a little bit deeper yeah, into what Dr. Mark has explained? Mark, just listening to, to you, you know, uh, I, that one thing that goes through my mind is it, it doesn't look like going to Mass anymore, isn't it? Uh, in yeah. Many, uh, uh, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I, I think a lot of people would say you know the very essence of of going to mass which is fellowship uh mm -hmm. you know which is you know being with people you know uh, uh everything is going to change now with that you know uh, maybe you could tell us you know what why these things are important at this time for for people because some people don't understand because they think that why are we putting so many restrictions uh maybe some people some are even saying that you know we are a lot more stricter than than many other organizations 
maybe you'd like to something that how the, the task force has been thinking why we need these things yeah thanks for that so um yeah i think i think a lot of um number one a lot of the the the, the sops that we've put in place um we've, we've had to also uh comply with um the government the the, the mkn and the um kkm sort of guidelines the the general thing about that is is that um we're in very uncertain times very fluid times um and and while we in malaysia are trying to you know uh, celebrate our single digits for the past week or so um uh, there are very different scenarios in other parts of the world and um and with the coronavirus it, it doesn't respect boundaries uh, it doesn't respect geographical boundaries um and so so it's it's very fluid and even with the guidelines you will see that uh, it's constantly updated every few days there's something new that comes in or something that is dropped and and so um we're trying to balance um yeah the the communal aspect as well as the the public health aspect of um the need to um contain this virus at least until we are able to find a vaccine or something like that um which which is is not yet available at this stage um and so um at the same time we also need to balance between the the risk of infection um and we know that that the way um the virus is transmitted okay um and so uh the the way that we know how it works is uh, or how to prevent that is by social distancing um and so um it, it it's a fine balance um but we have to think about the the good of the people attending as well as as the need to um you know contain this this virus and so um yeah so that's that's the the, the big thing that i guess do. i guess i guess that the, the famous saying is better to be safe than to be sorry uh, would be like the guiding principle here you know uh, so we take yes, extreme right. Yeah, and 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 also, um, the the moment I I think that there's also been a lot of things about uh when when someone gets diagnosed with it, then then there's there's a lot of worry and panic that that comes about, and that's 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 one of the things that that we would wanna prevent, um, uh, and and certainly would not wanna cluster uh, within our our Catholic churches, so so that's one of the 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 main concerns that we have as well. Yeah. You know. Uh, Dr. Mark, um, we of course are taking all these SOPs and uh, following the government's uh, guidelines and uh, instructions uh, strictly, of course, because we have to. But also, is there any, um, I wouldn't say power, but any, uh, can the church uh, appeal to any of these restrictions that we think that um, is not necessary or we, we are able to... Uh, do it in a different way. For example, we've got questions about we can't allow foreigners uh, to attend mass at the moment. Is there any way that the the church or the crisis team can appeal or you know introduce other SOPs to handle these kind of situations? Just for an example, is the uh, the foreigners case. Maybe there's other cases that uh, you guys have uh, been thinking about that you can uh, do it in a better way with, without um, you know disrupting the government's uh, guidelines. Um, yeah, so I think I think with with, with regards to that, um, unfortunately, we unfortunately we we still need to follow the the government guidelines, but but um, the the Ministry of Unity, right, um, is, is actually in very close contact with all the different uh, faith religions, 
and and that they have constant meetings where where these sorts of things are brought up. So um, there is an avenue where where we can bring up our things and our, our little um, you know peculiarities about different things that that we need to do and and to explain to them. Um, for example, even um, distributing Holy Communion, right? Mm. Um, so we, we actually have to explain to them what what it, it's all about and 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 how we can do it because that that would it, that would um, actually um, be a point of uh, contact. You see, where where you know when you're distributing it by mm. hand, even though it's not in the mouth. So we had to explain that to them, and and so yes, um, um, they're in constant contact with um, all the different religions, and everyone has a different requirement and and then they make a decision um yeah but um i would urge um all of us to to you know just be patient a little bit more and i think in in our local context if if the cases are you know as it is right now then uh, there'll be more loosening of all these criteria mm -hmm. and so like with with the foreigners um just this week um for the our muslim brethren the the the, the MKN have said that they're allowing certain um, foreigners to come into the mosque. So, so hopefully that will be extended to us as well eventually. Um, and and things are quite you know equal with religion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I, I mean, that, that goes through my mind also is this uh, the fact that you know I think we all as as Christians or even as Catholics you know there, there is this social responsibility in a situation like this. You know though everybody wants to come back. Uh, we, we all know how much of uh, an inconvenience it had been during the MCO for a lot of people, uh, not 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 just economically, uh, but in in many other even health, even in health uh, issues, people not able to cope with these things. Uh, so I think that there's there's a, a larger picture to be seen. You know, we we have a responsibility to to contain this this pandemic. Uh, we have a responsibility to others. It's not just our selfish needs to go back to church. Uh, but we also, I, I think I've been reading also, you know, from the from the task force, uh, that we have to take this in, in steps, you know, uh, to to kind of gradually bring us back to to. Maybe you want to talk about, uh, you know, the phases that you know the archdiocese has proposed. Also, how are we going to face uh, this returning home uh, to church? Yes. Okay. So um, yeah, I think I think we have a lot of social responsibility and and also an overarching um, principle of solidarity, you know, um, because everyone is in this together, um, not just Catholics but but all Malaysians and actually everyone in the world. Um, but um, to to your um, to the point about about the the faces, so um, so on a based on the chancery notice that has been issued by the archdiocese on the fifteenth of June. Um, what what has been proposed is a, a sort of a phased uh, reopening of the church, um, and this uh, consists of four phases. Um, in the first phase, um, um, what what we have asked is is that each parish um, start setting up what we call a parish response team, right? And and this parish response team um, will be in charge of um, recruiting volunteers, right? Um, making sure the arrangements are there, um, and and also really to be the the, the contact person if if there is a need to, um, so so in phase one it's it's all about training education, um, yeah, um, setting up the system. Now what the chancery notice says that that as as um, the earliest would be tomorrow twenty eighth of June, 
um, the parish can uh, move into phase two. Um, but but this is this is just a a, a guide to say uh, the earliest is the twenty eighth. Doesn't mean that everyone has to start on the twenty eighth of June. Um, I I think um, we realize that um, every parish in the archdiocese is different. Um, again, different geographical boundaries, different states would require also different SOPs, which may be slightly different. So those need to be fine tuned, and the parish needs to be. Uh, needs to ensure that they're really ready before they move into phase two. And so phase two would be sort of a trial run where we have uh, one public mass per day on Sunday. All right. Um, and, and so that's that's really for us to, to try this system out. You know, can uh, can we all, you know, gather how long, what, what sort of time do we need to tell people to come before mass? How long does it need to take uh, for the for the temperature taking, the, the recording of attendance and so on before mass, and, and how long does it take to disperse people after mass? And so once once we have that sort of thing um, for each parish, then then um, the, the SOPs for that parish can be fine-tuned and and then move into phase three, which is uh, where the additional masses over the weekend. Um, and, and once things move smoothly, um, then only into phase four, the final phase, where uh, daily masses can can resume, and and so you know the the Eucharist can be celebrated every day. Yeah, but but there are lots of little things that need to be fine tuned along the way before before we can move into those phases. So I think it's not so much of a it's it's more of um, us being prepared. Yeah, sure. and and um, I know that that we're all very eager to go back. And so, so this this phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four is 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 sort of looking forward, but we also need to be prepared to move one step backward, and to be to be comfortable to transition from one phase to the other in in case um, a, a certain zone in in or a certain daerah in Malaysia becomes a red zone, then you know things will have to stop, and uh, we may have to you know restart again if we're already at phase three. How do we go back to phase two and so on? Mm. So I think the yeah. important point, I think probably to point out here is that, you know, uh, different parishes, you know, move at, at a different pace. Yes. Uh, it doesn't mean that everyone has to, you know, concurrently move at the same at the same phase, uh, depending on resources, depending on, on capabilities, uh, logistics, what's available. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so I think, you know, just to, to mention to our, to, our, to our listeners this morning that, you know, so your parish may be at a different phase at a different time. I think you rightly pointed out, Mark, in the sense that uh, it's not it's it's not a timeline. It's it's like phases, phases. So we are not yep. constrained by by you know a certain deadline. You have to do this. Uh, if if I read correctly into what you are saying, uh, mm -hmm. that you know as the parish progresses and and they are prepared and they see that you know they are able to manage one phase now, then they the parish together decides to move on to the next phase. Uh, so we may see that you know even within a certain daerah where many parishes. They all may be in different phase. Mm. Uh, yes, Father. I, I think it, it's about preparedness and, yeah. and and the preparedness to transition from one phase to the other, both you know uh, progressively as well as to come back um, if if there is a need to. Um, and and uh, even if if we're going to open um, you know to to children, then then we may need to test that out again because um, with children, social distancing becomes a, a, a another challenge. Um, so, so we, we need to constantly um, 
test it and um, improvise and, and fine-tune our SOPs according to each parish. Yeah, maybe I, I just maybe as, as a priest I, I see this 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 problem cropping up. You know, when, mm. when parishes are at, at a different phase, uh, people will now start church hopping. You know, that is open and mine is not open. So now I want to jump, I want to go to that church because they are open and I'm not open, you know. But maybe this is our appeal. As, as priests, I think, you know, just stay with the parish that you have been going regularly, you know. Just mm. just be patient. I think it's very important. You know, don't church hop uh, no, or church shop or whatever you call it today. You know, uh, because this one, you know, like I have, a, I, I'm in the KL Central area, and there are four parishes, and we're all at a different phase. Uh, it, it's so easy for people wanting to jump from one place to another. Uh, so I think this is where Christian charity, you know, should prevail. Also, you know, be patient. Uh, we are in this together. It's 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 a for, it's for the you know we are we are on a journey of coming back. You know, just be patient with your own parish. Uh, it will happen. I'm sure, Mark. I, I'm sure it will happen. It's just that you know. Sometimes it takes a bit longer. So stay with your own parish. Uh, don't run from one place to another. Kevin is laughing. Maybe he already had that in mind of doing that. <laughs> I just go to the church where there's aircon, Father. <laughs> no, just kidding. So, sorry, but, but you know, Kevin, um, I think I think one of the things that, that, that's in the guideline as well is that um, the, the aircons will not be turned on. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> It will be turned on before mass to cool the place down. But again, uh, we, we know that um, with, with the aircon and all, um, that's, that's another potential um, way of transmission. And so that uh, due to the public health safety, um, that, that's one of the guidance that, that we've, we've, we've provided. That um, you know, if, if you have an aircon, um, it, it should be turned off. And, and um, even the windows, it, it's advised to, you know, to have circulation within the church. Right, right. The parish finance yeah, think, team. The parish finance team will be very happy. The let lower electricity. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I've I've got a great idea right now because uh, you know we talk about people eager going eager to go back to church and stuff like that. But you know I'm just reading some of the comments that we have here on Facebook and and most of them are saying that you know they they would rather stay at home for now. You know they want to be safe and stuff like that. I just want to know. You know, can I ask the viewers watching wherever you're watching right now? I. Will you go back to church if it's open uh, this week or next week? Are you ready to go back to church? Or do you want to play it safe and uh, still stay at home for the time being? Or do you want to... <laughs> because there's no aircon, so just uh, have it uh, watch the online. There's still online masses, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, the online masses will continue. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the dispensation from, from the Sunday obligation still holds. Mm -hmm. uh, so people who are not ready, not comfortable, yeah. I mean, they are still able to follow the, the online masses uh, during this period. Uh, right. so I just it, want to know, just, just put it in the comment section, uh, yes or no? Yes, you will go back to church when it's open. Uh, no, you're still staying at home and playing it safe. Just I uh, just want to know, just put it in the comments. And once again, if you'd like to share this uh, uh, episode with your friends, you know, just keep it, click the share button, uh, watch party or whatever. And, you know, we still got a... Uh, half an hour to go, I suppose, uh, to talk more about the SOPs of the church. All right. So, uh, what's next, Father? Um, yeah. So I think one of the things that that also people ask is about you know how how will the church or is there some kind of recommended method of sanitization? You know, uh, you know, one of the things that I was thinking as the priest, you know, if I were to have, you know, eventually, you know, if I were to have like two masses, you know. 
do I sanitize in between? How do I do it? I mean, is there something that describe the task force has thought about? In terms of uh, in terms of uh, sanitization in between masters, that's yeah. Right, so, yeah. so so that's that's something that 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 um we've thought about um and 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 as we are right now, we're in phase two where where there is one uh one mass only per per Sunday, and um so like I said, we 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 need to uh, see how long it takes as well um, because again um every church is you know the different in size and all so. Uh, how long will it take? We we need to take factor that in before we move into phase three. So if if say you're gonna open an extra mass, uh, what's the time gap in between the the, the two masses so that the sanitation, um, you know, the the benches can be wiped down and things like that. Yeah. So I think um it it's been put into the guidelines um and and each each parish will have to look into that and say um and also in terms of training uh, volunteers, okay um. It, it's it's very complicated with with every different parish um especially also with the number of people that a church can accommodate so i think yeah, uh, yeah talking about accommodate how many can they, there's a bit of a confusion i think you know mm -hmm. when 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 they said you know when the authorities said that you can take 30 percent uh of your capacity uh you know that immediately people thought that you know wow 30 percent is quite big i mean for example like the church that i administer uh, Church of Our Lady of Fatima and KL, 30% uh, uh, inside the church uh, would, would come up to about maybe 250 people. Uh, but if I were to maintain social distancing, you know, it, it brings it down to maybe about 100 people, 120 people the most. Uh, yeah. So I think the 30% sometimes is very misleading also, but 30% subject to the conditions of, you know, that one meter distancing. I think Slango has asked for 1.5 meter yeah. Uh, distancing and maybe if you're older maybe you need further yeah so i think something that is quite challenging for us uh, in in the parishes uh, to work out this kind of details uh, people think that we all can can kind of rush back immediately because uh, so i think you know talking about the number of people people are also asking you know how do they how do they come back you know how do they register to to come back to churches for at least what i've been looking and reading each parish has been coming out with different systems. Uh, how how people can you know uh, make their their intent known about coming to church. Of course, they are, as Kevin said, lots of them prefer to stay at home until there's a little bit more, until the sit, I mean, so to speak, the, the the dust settles, you know, then people will be more sure. So I think yeah. it's important that, that people go back, uh, contact their parish, what systems that they have they have, that they have put. I've seen some uh, putting up Google Forms uh, on their website. Uh, some other forms, uh, yeah. So there is there isn't one standard form that works for all the parishes. Hmm. No, Father, there's yeah. So 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 I think um, we we've sort of left that to say um, the the parish will know its requirements and and how it's structured. And um, I know some parishes have used BECs as as a point of contact. So register with your BEC uh, leader and 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 so on. Um, some some parishes are doing it based on. Uh, BECs, so a mass will be for a, a certain BEC. Um, some have different methods of um, deciding who who comes, um, and and we've we've left that to the parish to say, um, you know, um, the archdiocese at the archdiocesan level, it's very hard to dictate and say only so and so, or or you know, you must only use one way. So that that there is a a, a sort of flexibility that's allowed to to the parishes as well, based on their capabilities. Yeah. 
But I suppose, how are the parishes going to choose? Like, you know, Father, you said uh, about 100 people can attend Mass. And if you get uh, more than 100, then uh, how are the parishes going to choose who is able to attend? And those who do not get to attend, I suppose they'll feel a bit, um, I don't know. I think <laughs> the, the, the reality is that, you know, there are some people, let's say in, in urban parishes, uh, they cross borders quite easily, you know, so they may not belong mm -hmm. to the BEC of that particular parish, uh, they may live there, but they go to mass somewhere else. Uh, and I think each parish will work out a particular system that, yeah, you know, in the BECs may, may come. Uh, and then people who don't belong to a BEC, this may be a great opportunity to, to reconnect with your BEC, uh, to find out who your BEC is uh, and to, you know, let them know and that, that you, you are there. Uh, but I'm sure there are also provisions for those who, who are, you know, don't belong to a particular BEC also to attend mass. So I think the key point here is, you know, it'll be on a rotational basis. You know, people need to be patient. I understand as a priest, I understand also the importance of the Holy Eucharist. Uh, everybody wants to come back. The importance of the Eucharist for the spiritual life of the person. But I think as, as Mark said, you know, uh, uh, you know, solidarity is very important for, for the country at, the, at this time. Uh, we may have our differences, but this is not the time for us to to make, uh, you know, to say that I have a I have the privilege or I have the right. Uh, as we see, as I read in many other parts of the world, it, it's almost crazy to uh, even to implement social distancing. You know, I was looking at pictures and I thought, oh my goodness, uh, how are they going to manage these things? Uh, but I think here it's it's uh, uh, the right mindedness and the common good uh, must prevail also. Uh, of the people and that's a very important uh, principle i'm sure mark who has done ethics also very important principle uh, in our catholic social teaching you know uh, solidarity uh, common good uh, maybe mark you want to say something about you know those two principles how it prevails at, at a time like this for us too yeah i um i i think um in terms of uh it, it it's it's quite interesting because um it, it's both in your in in our catholic uh, teaching as well as in in terms of public health, um, in 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 terms of the ethics of public health, and uh, and we not only the the attention now not only focuses on the individual but but on on the community as a whole, um, because we know that um, with with uh, the virus such as uh, this, um, it it doesn't matter whether you're uh, Catholic or Muslim or you know whether you're Malaysian non-Malaysian, it the, the virus. Um, it's non-discriminatory, and and any one of us can can be infected. It really depends on you know um, how well we exercise our own self-discipline to social distance. Um, yeah, and and when we do that, um, we also need to think about um, others. So so even for example, um, when when we look at it epidemiologically, um, it's 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 to do with the amount of people you come in contact with, and and uh, you know, we may all be coming for mass, but what 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 has happened before coming for mass, and what happens after coming for mass as well? You know, we we get in contact with other people, and so there are a lot of contact points, and so we need to think about, you know, when we come, um, it's 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 uh, how we do it. It's it's for the common good, um, and there may be certain restrictions that uh, sometimes may be in place which we don't agree with, but. But you know, um, it it's it's there for a reason, um, and and in fact, um, 
some other recommendations would be that you know you come straight from home to church and you go straight back um but that's that's not in the that's uh, i mean we haven't put that in the poster and things like that but um those are certain things that we we need to think for ourselves um and uh because again um we don't want to be the cause of um you know the spread of this thing and and right now in in, in malaysia we have sort of brought it under control and hopefully it will maintain this way uh, but that requires a lot of discipline self-discipline really that's what the ministry of health also says yeah. that, that we are all now the frontliners uh, no longer the doctors in the hospital yeah uh, thank you for that i think dr mark you mentioned about the contact which is very important for people to understand because uh, you know we, we still have a question and even me in my ignorance before i was wondering uh, why couldn't because we have uh, people in our bc who are uh, what do you call them uh, uh holy communion uh, ministers and why couldn't they like distribute the communion in within their bcs but uh this is what exactly you're talking about which is the contact we want to minimize contact with people so that we can minimize the spread of infection if any am i right yeah yeah and also think, uh you know yeah, 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 thinking, i think it's it's also to to remember even just to just to tell to our readers also doesn't mean that uh, you know during this these phases that other sacraments are are, are suspended you know i think some people think that no oh, okay for example you know how do i go to confession you know at this time uh, how do i receive holy anointing if i am sick and uh, and these things have not been suspended i mean on a one to one basis uh, mm. during this period you know and so i think people who still you know who want to receive the other sacraments uh, on a one to one basis uh, correct me if i'm wrong mark i mean i mean i, I mean I, at least i've been you know, I've been going to anoint people who really need it, who are very in dire need, uh, yeah. who need confession to be. But taking all the precautions, I think, like you said, you know, even as priests, we have we have been asked to say that you know, you when you leave, you go from church to the house and you come back to the church so that you know mm. you can you, you can you know sanitize yourself. And we are not hopping from one house to another because sometimes uh, the the key word here is you know you 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 may not you you may be asymptomatic, but you could be a carrier. Hmm. That's right, Father. So yeah, um, those sorts of things um, are actually that that there is another um, sort of um, guidelines that that we have also given to the the clergy and and um, with the other sacraments. I know we're not touching on them today, but um, there are guidelines and and they are, um, for example, anointing of the sick um, and and so on. They they are still ongoing, and um, I think each parish in their parish bulletin have have. Will, will have communicated how to do it, uh, who to contact and things like that. Um, and um, well, the, the only thing about anointing of the sick, for example, is that um, there are some hospitals who now do not allow um, visitors and not even priests. Um, and we're, we're having some difficulty in that sense. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that um, in, in uh, maybe a, a different episode about the challenges with, with um, administering the other sacraments. Sure. Yeah. But they're certainly not suspended, and and um, I think um, the parish priests um, have been have been open to 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 listening to confessions and things like that on an appointment basis. Um, and so the other the other point there is about this contact listing. So you know when when you do it in that fashion, then then we are able to know who has come in and who has come out, and if there is a case, uh, then we know who to contact. You see. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Dr. Mark, could we uh, just touch a little bit about the high-risk groups? I mean, um, 
of course, uh, we know uh, children and the elderly above 70 years old. Uh, but what about those living with them? Uh, for instance, like myself, like my mother's in high-risk group. Um, should mm -hmm. I be thinking of going to mass? Or, I mean, I don't know, any advice for people like us? Or oh, instead, you know, we have a question, 70 years old, those who are uh, exceptionally healthy <laughs> at 70 years old, uh, yeah. why can't they go for mass? Maybe just talk a bit about high-risk groups. Yeah, I, I I think this is this is something that, that that is very interesting, and even my own parents, you know, are, are saying, you know, it's not fair. Why can we not go to church and things like that? Um, I I think um when when the government came up with this thing, um, it was based on the the evidence that that we have of all the patients that we've had, um, you know, uh, so every patient that that has been diagnosed with COVID, um, you know, is registered and notified, and we've looked at the trend of things, and and if we look at um mortality rates, which is basically, you know, the, the patients who have succumbed to COVID-19, we found that um, the, the rates uh, are significantly higher for those in, in the, the elderly age group. And and so, um, you know, if you look at 30 to 40, you know, if, if you and I get it, maybe uh, we're, we're, we're very likely to, to recover from it. So 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 that, that sort of restrictions have been based on evidence that, that um, it's it's not so much about the risk of getting the, the the virus or the or the disease, but it's it's more of whether you are able to recover from it, mm -hmm. and 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 so that's why these sorts of things have been put in place. Um, of mm -hmm. course, age is only one criteria. Um, if if you have other chronic diseases such as diabetes or cancer or you're immunocompromised, again, your immune system comes down and and you're number one more susceptible. But number two, you're also more susceptible in the sense of, you know, you may not recover. And so um, while the government has put a, a, a age sort of barrier there, um, but uh, it's, it's, again, uh, self-discipline because if, if you're not, you, you know, if you're between 12 and 70, um, you can go, but, but the, it, we say you're not encouraged to go. So um, everyone will have to, to assess and... Um, I think it's also very important to see where you are, you know, within your district, how many cases are there in the past couple of weeks. So if, if you're in somewhere which, you know, has been zero cases for, you know, the past two months or whatever, then, then the risk is, is, is much lower. But it's very hard to spell out on the archdiocese level as, oh, this, this you can, this one you can't. So, so um, we... Uh, have our own responsibility as well to keep updated with with the, the current sort of um, data for our own locality, um, our own parish, uh, our own health condition, and 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 also how much risk you know we, we would incur and we're willing to take. Maybe I can just jump in here and say, just say something. Maybe that that is something that I'm directly involved in, and a lot of people are asking now those who are excluded. Uh, and they are not able to come to mass, how will they receive communion? Uh, so mm -hmm. here at the Archdiocese, I, I'm part of that team. I'm supposed to gather some information and I've just been getting uh, preliminary data to look at and from the parish priests. So there's a significant number of people who will be excluded uh, during if, if we, we kind of use this uh, guideline. Uh, something like 30 to 40 percent of our, of our parishioners uh, would not be able to come to mass. So we are studying. We are studying new ways of how to bring Holy Communion, especially to the elderly. So those who are in that age bracket, uh, who are not able to go, to go to church, just be patient a little while. We're trying to think of new ways. Uh, I think some of you have already read uh, 
I think online a uh, few weeks ago in the Diocese of Miri, I think uh, Bishop Richard giving communion in the car park. Uh, so these are some of the innovative ways that, that we are talking about. Uh, so we're trying to gather some information from the parishes, how best we can mobilize our teams uh, to bring Holy Communion uh, with uh, minimal risk, not just for, for those receiving, but also for those who are bringing communion. Uh, so we're trying to devise a, a mechanism. So just be patient a little bit. Uh, these are times that we have uh, unprecedented. We have never thought about this before. So in some ways, it's pushing us to think of new ways, uh, new, new, new pathways to, to respond to, to such a situation. Uh, so uh, those of you listening, uh, 70 and above, don't think you're excluded. You are in our thoughts. Uh, we are trying to work out a, a mechanism that, that works for, for as many people as possible so that pray and then we quickly we could bring you to Holy Communion also, uh, even though you, you, you cannot come to, to, to Mass uh, on a Sunday to church. Yeah, I just wanted to add that because I'm directly involved in that uh, that process of trying to find new ways. Yes, brother, and, and yeah, I think I think the other thing is also that um, you know we're we're currently when we talked about the four phases, we're currently um, at you know phase one, phase two ish. Um, so so once we have fine tuned those sorts of SOPs, and then we can look into ways at which we can allow um, you know the those above seventy as well. Um, to come back in so so like 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 what we mentioned right at the beginning it, it's about fine-tuning um so that we can minimize the risk for for them when they come back as well and and if we haven't even started um then you know to, to get everyone in then then it might be a bit of a havoc yeah that's great so i suppose it's like um yeah baby steps we'll take little steps yeah. Yeah, so we can't put a time frame and we just have to uh, go with uh, how, how everything is turning out to be and then slowly just adjust uh, one week at a time, I suppose, and see what the results are. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So I think we're coming up to the end of the show. I think before we go, uh, Dr. Mark, uh, anything else you would like to advise our viewers or some uh, takeaways that we can get from you? Um. Yeah. Kevin, I, th I think um, one of the things is, is to always uh, maintain contact with your parish, all right, um, so that uh, any latest news or any updates can be disseminated and so that everyone can be included um, when, when the parish response team actually makes uh, sort of decisions um, and, and, and for, for the parish to decide how, how to proceed, you know, from phase one to two to three. So, so everyone, everyone, um, is in this together so stay communicated stay updated and um yeah father anything to add yeah. now just to add to what what mark's saying apart from just you know staying community uh, you know to know what's happening uh, uh to communicate with parish uh coming back requires a lot of volunteers too you know a lot of people it, it requires you know manpower and women power of course uh to <laughs> help help the parishes to to come back to this and i think if you're out there you know uh you are able to volunteer you know offer your offer your services offer your help to the parishes uh uh you know more hands uh, make it easier for us to 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 transition into into these phases because you know if you're just depending on on the priest for like for me on the priest uh, and a few a group of small group of people you know who are regularly hanging around church uh, and and the chances are the ones that are hanging around just mostly, you know, they were on the senior citizen side. Uh, they are the ones who come regularly to church to help us. But, you know, those people who are able to help uh, come to help us. Uh, and yeah. I think also the other thing is also patience, you know, let's be mm -hmm. patient. 
Yeah, and I think we, we need to allow uh, ourselves uh, to transition uh, slowly, carefully, uh, taking all precautions. And I think great uh, the the task force, Mark, uh, that you all have been the, the kind of thinking this through. I think it's very important for to help each one of us. You know, as much as we are eager, just as much as much as we want to run back as quickly as possible. But you know, uh, in some ways, you have been advising us priests, uh, parishes. Uh, what are the sudden steps that needed to be taken? So I'm just asking, you know, as a priest, I just ask that, you know, to be patient, you know, to be charitable, you know, uh, let's let's take little steps uh, to to come back to this new normal, uh, so to speak, uh, so that when we come back, you know, uh, like Mark says, we don't have to go backwards. Rather, we are moving forward all the time, uh, and if we take little steps, careful steps, we can always move forward uh, and not wanting to to go backwards. Yeah, that's what I wanted to add. You know, help, yeah. help, help your parish. Yeah, I think that's a very important point, Father. I'm, I'm in, in, not just in terms of you know, um, volunteering to. Uh, I mean, when when we have more masses, then we need more volunteers to check temperatures and things like that. But also, um, eventually, if if these sorts of restrictions are uh, are still there, you know, the the social distancing and things like that, then there may be more masses, and they that we we may need the the parishes may need more uh, volunteers to be wardens to. To, for the music, for for all those sorts of things as well. So, um, you know, this is a good time. You know, in solidarity, you know, whatever we have, whatever skills, whatever um, you know, uh, that we can contribute, we um, we should, um, especially those you know within the the age category. Oh yeah, I think I think I think it's important. I think as I say, I would advise our our listeners, our viewers this morning to say, you know, don't wait for your parish to put out a notice. We are asking for volunteers. You know, be proactive. Help us to move in this phase, this next phases. Call up your parish office and and say, hey, uh, if you need any help, you know, in, in any way, uh, I'm available. And I think that is part of you know who we are, uh, the DNA of being a disciple of Jesus. You know, to be there to help. And if you volunteer, you get to attend mass, right? Ah, <laughs> Automatically inclusion <laughs> is it? <laughs> this is what I I said. This is what I said to my, to my team, my team of people. I said. It does not mean that if you're a volunteer, you know, that you get to attend mass either, because you know there are lots of other people waiting also. So I think this is where we need to balance, you know, Christian charity, and I think this is very important this time, you know, mm. that you are helping others. Your turn we have mm. finished. Now you are facilitating others yeah. to go to mass, you know, and that is a great joy in doing that, you know, mm -hmm. help others to come back to mass. And I think you know, you volunteer. I know, I know the thought, <laughs> and I already told my team: <laughs> don't volunteer because you think that you you get to go to mass every Sunday. But look at it as you are now the bridge of bringing people to mass, and I think that's a great service that people can offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great, and uh, thank you, Doctor Mark, for you know for your especially for you and your team to prepare all these SOPs uh, for our safety and for our. Uh, security and health. Uh, thank you for doing all that. I'm sure it's not it's not an easy task. You know, we've seen all the SOPs and the things that you have to go through. So thank you for that, and uh, thank please thank your team for us as well. You're very welcome. So, yeah. um, so Father Clarence, we've come to the end of the show. We'd like to close with a prayer before we say our goodbyes. Yes, let's pray. Let's pray for this this transition as we move into coming back to church, coming back to our home. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> God, our loving Father, we thank you for your graces, for your blessings, for all that you have provided for us. We thank you for helping us to see at this time the light 
at the end of the tunnel. And that light for us is Jesus Christ. As we transition into coming back to church for Mass, we know we have a lot of restrictions, preoccupations, anxiety. We want to lift them all up to you, Lord. We know that even when the disciples were in the boat and were afraid of the storm, you said to them, why be afraid? Do not be afraid. We take assurance that you will lead us and guide us. Give us the virtues of patience, of understanding, of charity, so that as church, which includes all of us, we may be able to return in faces to encounter you in the most profound way, which is in the Word and in the Eucharist. We pray for all parishes. We pray for all the teams that have been set up for the priests who are slowly preparing for this. We ask you to help them discern well so that they may all, we may all work for the common good, not just of the church, but for our nation and for the world too, because we are all affected by this change. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Amen. the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for that, uh, Father Clarence. And also, once again, thank you, uh, Dr. Mark, for being on our show this morning. And also, thank you to all of you for watching and for all your comments and engagement. Just like to mention a few names, uh, Dorothy, Angeline, Clara. Uh, we also had uh, Dr. Richard, Max Young, Mei T, all watching us, you know, and many more. So please do join us every Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. And also, you can watch us on ArchKL, yeah, the streaming on their YouTube channel. And so thank you very much, Archkel, for also having us uh, on your platform. So till then, till the next show, uh, wish you a blessed weekend and goodbye. All right.